Hey, Nick. How you Good doing? morning, Blake. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. This is, of course, the Summit Realty Group podcast. Blake Shrekeis. Nick Williams. Nick Williams. Today, we wanted to talk about not quitting, um, which is a 100%, I think, everybody at some point in their life, unless you're a freak, and continual, continually, you're going to want to quit for one reason or the next. It's yeah. not something you defeat once. Uh, as far as I know, I'm not a very old man. Maybe eventually I'll stop thinking about quitting <laughs> certain things. Um, but I first want to start with you is, do you have a point in time that you really, really wanted to quit something and you kept pushing through and, and you had maybe a positive outcome from that? Yeah. I mean, I think throughout life you go through different phases. Um, but I think the hardest thing I've ever done that I wanted to quit every single day. In fact, every single minute was Ranger School. I was going to say Ranger School. Yeah. I know you've heard a story or two. No, no, that's fine. Um, I, I, that was... I'm so glad I didn't. I, I realized what my body, my mind, and, and my spirit is really capable of. Can you quit? Like, what What does that mean? You can. I mean, you volunteerly at any point in time stand up, you walk over to an instructor and say, well, I don't want to go worse. anymore. No, yeah. it makes, well, what makes yeah. it worse is they tease you about it. Yeah. As you're doing hard things, they're like, hey, warm meal right behind you. All you got to do is ring the bell. And mm. yeah, so um, that struggle of being cold, tired, hungry, exhausted, hurt. I mean, all of those things for a period of about, for me, it was four months. It's only supposed to be two. Mm-hmm. Um, that it makes a, a huge difference. Uh, and, and so, yeah, in the end, uh, that was my experience and it was great. And I got became a better person. But every day, every minute, I thought about quitting. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had anything so physically grueling. Uh, my only thing that I've recently been dealing with is in jiu-jitsu, which I've talked a lot about, is when you get into these positions, um, my big thing is like claustrophobia, mm-hmm. where I'm not like so technically... guy on top of you. Yeah, like yeah. my joints aren't getting bent backwards. I'm not getting choked out or anything, but I'm, I'm thinking in my head, I'm not, I'm, I, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. You know, and that's yeah. a very short term, like we're talking minutes of like freaking out compared to over days and days of being grueled down and uh, not having enough food, it sounds like, and all that crap. So, Well, again, this, there's different challenges about quitting, and quitting is not always a bad thing. Yes, like, agreed. Quitting, in my mind, equates to failure, which equates to most people's mind as a bad thing. But honestly, like, failure is one of the best ways to grow, the best ways to learn what you are capable of, and then be better next time. So quitting is only a bad thing, and failure is only a bad thing if you make it a repetitive cycle. I, and if you make it a conscious decision. I think it depends on your goals in life. So if you have a thesis for how you run your life, which everyone should. So if you're investing in stocks, you should have a thesis of how you're going to invest in stocks. Otherwise, you're going to buy and sell and up Just and down. Money. Yeah, and you're not going to you're not going to be following a long-term plan. If if your stocks go down, you're going to be the guy selling at the low, buying at the high. Always, if you do stuff like that. With stocks, Chasing the rabbit. Exactly the same with quitting. If you get to a point where you're okay, let's say financial independence, which everybody wants, yeah. it's time to quit your job. You know, and some people even have a hard time quitting at that point. So it's not the easiest thing to do. Absolutely. Um, you're going to be one of those when when the time comes that I think uh, it'll be hard for you and me too. I don't want to just be I'm lazy. I'm going to quit way later in real estate than I should. I know that. Or that then you have right. the ability to. I have the ability to, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, at some point I'm going to have enough portfolio investments uh, and honestly, just experience in this game that I want to do something different. I'm going to, in my opinion, and outgrowing it might be the wrong word, but that's what I'm going to use. Yeah. I'm going to outgrow my current situation. Yeah. Because I have a growth mentality. Mm-hmm. But 
is that quitting or is that growing and moving on to the next thing? And that's what exactly. I struggled with as a kid. Yeah. I mean, I played hockey uh, from first grade until about fifth or sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And I loved the sport. But when I where I moved to in Germany and the league was like 13 to 18. Mm-hmm. So I was a 13-year-old getting my ass whooped by these pre-prebescent 18 year olds that's a really big range and so i had to quit i had to quit because it wasn't fun it wasn't what i wanted to do and it allowed me to focus on baseball and football which i actually wound up excelling at later on in life Mm -hmm. and then again i had to quit baseball in high school to focus on football which ultimately got me a scholarship yeah i had to quit football when i decided to go in the military and 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 so quitting i quit the military to get into real estate yeah so quitting positive quitting yeah positive quitting but (laughs) but it's it's a very it's a hard step to overcome and you got to realize when is the right time to quit. And that's why well, let's go to the flip today. side. Yeah. Let's go to the flip side of let's say ranger school. Yeah. You wanted a specific outcome when you went into ranger school, whatever you, I don't really know the military that well, yeah. to be honest, but whatever your outcome is, is you wanted that thing. So if in the middle of it, you said to yourself, I don't really want that thing that much. Yeah. That is, and that was exactly what was going through my mind. I would say that's a negative quitting. Um, it's hard to say it that way. But again, you can still come out of that. You can quit and you can redo things. I mean, I don't know about ranger school, but you can you can quit and realize your folly. Because again, you're in ranger school in particular, from what I've heard, the stories you've told me, you're not mentally all there. Like they're no, really you beating you down. Yeah. I mean, the stories of how many people have seen Jesus <laughs> at ranger school just hiding in the bushes, peeking at you. Yeah. It's eerily that so many people are so out of their mind that we all have the same emotions, yeah you know? so you can definitely beat yourself up on those things and you can look back and say i should have finished and that's good to know going if you go say you go in again to ranger school and it's like all right at this point in the whatever halfway through i'm not going to be all there and i'm going to make up every excuse i can to think it's okay to quit and i'm, I'm telling myself right now that that's not going to be okay so anyways you can come back from these things quitting you're not the biggest loser in the world even though really in reality it makes you feel that way right. absolutely my probably my, my biggest thing that i come to is i really like change i've moved a lot and we've talked about this and it's every time you move especially in you real quit estate selling in one area to move to a different exactly area. you look at it through a right lens it's a it's a form of quitting yeah yeah and so I've it's got, also a form of growth yeah, that's there's that's, quitting. There, like I said, there's positive quitting. There's negative quitting. And there's 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 quitting in the aspect of like I'm quitting to move forward, which I think was what we've harped on so far. And there's quitting as in like I can't anymore. Where where there's a mental kink in your chain, kink in the hose, link in the chain, kinky, kink, kink, kinky links, <laughs> yeah. kinky links. Anyway, so you know it, where where you're thinking something's wrong. I'm not good enough. I'm too tired. This isn't worth it. And that negative head talk versus the positive head talk. Yeah. And that's something where where really like your mental state is so important. And mm-hmm. mental health goes right along with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I think we've all experienced a bout of depression or something like that. And and it's really hard to to be positive in that. But it's really mm-hmm. easy to want to quit and give up during that period. And, and the ones that come out ahead are the ones that find a way out of that OODA loop, that, that the vicious cycle, that whirlpool. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and become positive about the way they're quitting. And there's the the beautiful thing about negative situations. Anything can, be, can become a positive thing in your life. Yeah. Um, did you watch the movie The Whale? No, maybe. But no, I need it. It's Brendan Fraser's comeback. He no, plays I haven't. That's recent, I ha- though, right? Me either. Yeah. Me either. So there's going to be no Great. spoilers here. But Great. everything I hear about it, it's this guy basically choosing food and gluttony. And it's like a really – and that's why I haven't watched it yet because I'm like, man, I don't know if I can I can handle it. But it's the reason I bring it up is no matter how bad you are, even if you're going to die tomorrow and you can't change that, it's going to happen anyway, you can choose a better life for the last day. You know, and that's kind of heavy talk. But I'm trying to remember. I'm going to get real religious here for a second. Um, <laughs> so uh, – I think, I don't remember where I saw this, and that's why I'm, I'm feeling so bad right now. 
there, somebody once said, this is not a Nick Williams original idea, is, you know, heaven, when you're standing in front of St. Peter trying to get into pearly gates, mm-hmm. you see, man, this thing is with David Goggins, actually, another military motivational oh, speaker. That guy's guy. hard. But yeah, he's like, he's like I ran all the way up to heaven, and I looked at St. Peter, and he showed me who I was <laughs> and who I should have been. Yeah. And I don't want to stand up there. And anyway, it goes on and on and, and drones about this, but basically says, like, you know, you confront what your potential was versus what your actual results were at heaven. And so when, when you go down the list, St. Uh, St. Peter or God or whoever in your religion is, is standing at whatever entrance to paradise, um, mm-hmm. is basically evaluating what you did versus what you could have done. Mm-hmm. And that variance determines your end result. And so I think that's, that's an amazing outlook. It's, it's not, do I want to do this? Do I have the potential of this? Do, should I do this? Is this my purpose? And Again, that's another mindset. And to give an mm-hmm. opposite side of that, because I think that's a good idea because you want to be reaching for your potential. But then at a certain point, that can make, that can be a very um, down-putting overwhelming. thing. Overwhelming. Overwhelming, that's a better word for it. A very overwhelming thing for you where you're thinking, because I'm still young, but I'm getting older and older, and you're, you're always going to have, uh, nobody, everyone likes to say, like, I have no regrets. But it's like there's things that you would have changed, you would have done things done differently. Different. Yeah, like Maybe you, not regret. I think you can want to do things differently. You learn from them, but anybody who says, I do the same exact thing again, over again, it's kind of like, well, did you learn anything? I don't yeah, know. But are you really paying attention <laughs> to life? Like, yeah, exactly. So, it, yeah, it's, it's moving forward, like, focus on the things you can actually change, which is not the past. You can only change what you're doing now. And, again, it's going to happen over and over where maybe you do quit. Or this thought comes up again. So back to my like with real estate in particular. Yeah, moving around. There'll be real estate, as anybody knows, especially when you first start out. It's ups and downs. Even when you get going, you'll have ups and downs. And it's so funny how like one week ago you can be like, I'm the greatest realtor in the whole wide world, and then the next week something happens, whatever a deal, deal falls, falls apart. through, a client <clears throat> gets mad at you, yep. whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you just rock it to the bottom, and you think maybe this isn't the career for me. So there's been many, many times. Yeah. Luckily for me, I have no other outs, and I've talked to you about this. I'm vac- I'm very valuable as a real estate agent and I'm not valuable as anything else. Like I have no other skills, which is not like a great thing, but it's kept me from, I think in a very positive way, it's kept me in this field where I am good at it. And it's, you know, you do have those ups and downs and you have to, um, again, for me, not having a fallback is a really nice thing because um, you can keep moving forward. But yeah, every... It also keeps that passion alive. Yeah, exactly. a little bit of fire inside of it. Yeah, it keeps, mm-hmm. it keeps it going. And again, it's like not all the time. It's like, again, I've moved. I've had to restart businesses. You get tired of being the newbie agent time after time and having to get going again and like, okay, everything's good to go. And you just start to think to yourself, well, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Maybe like all this negative self-talk, which in some cases can be true. Um, I'll, I hate to throw my brother under the bus, but he, he did real estate for a few years. And it didn't, it didn't work out for him. It didn't work out real well for him. And whatever the reason was, it's like at a certain point, you got to go do something different. We got a know? friend, and I'm not going to say his name because this is a small town, but, um, you know, a husband of a person we work with, and, and he was a realtor and, and didn't enjoy it. That wasn't his lifestyle. He quit yeah. that. He then got into the loan side of things, so similar but different. And he yeah. didn't enjoy that, and he really didn't like it, and it wasn't, you know, his calling. And, and a few years went by, and a few different jobs and careers passed by, but now he's doing something on his own. He's building it. He's got some pride in it. And, and I can see a different side of him. He's getting a little bit more excited about it. And, yeah. and I think he's going to stick with it longer. And it really is what he is good at and wants to do. So so step one 
for not quitting is deciding what your goals are. And these goals can change. So sometimes you do need to reframe your goals. And so let's let, you're going to go over the rules, but I'm going to yeah. I'm going to set the scenario. So the scenario that I wanted to talk about today yeah, a little bit ahead. is let's say we have a buyer, right? So we're going to bring it back to real estate a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, yeah. So we got a buyer and and you know we're frustrated because you know our pre-approval is to a certain limit and the houses that we really want are above that and we're looking at everything we just can't find. So now set those rules mm-hmm. and I'm going to play the scenario out. Okay, so you want me to set the yeah, rules? Yeah, sure. What, are you like, what you were saying just now, like... Oh, okay, so let's say in the real estate realm, like you're setting your goals or your rules. In this case, it might be a pre-approval amount right. or a house that you're you're wanting. But when do you quit that house hunt? Yeah, when do you quit that house hunt? So yeah, you do have to reframe sometimes. So if you, let's say for house hunt in particular, you're approved for 250000 right now. You want a three-bed, two-bath with three acres. Um, you want a $400,000 house. That is about $400,000 here in Fairbanks. <clears throat> yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So you're approved for two fifty. You want 400000 You can either, A, look at your goal again and say, do I absolutely need this thing or do I need home ownership first? If you, Let's say you're renting right now. Yeah. Do you need the perfect home as your first home? Mm-hmm. Or is it, do you buy a starter home? Or yeah. do you go back to renting? Yep. Well, what's the best way? So let's say your goal never changes. You still want that $400,000 house. Mm-hmm. What's the next step in between maybe? Because you can't do it today. So right. not every goal can be done today. So you can't have the $400,000 house today. So let's look at renting. Let's look at owning. Um, and but, that is the natural progression of things. Yes. So, so, so the reason why a lot of people fail in real estate, I feel like, is because they rush it. Mm-hmm. The first thing I want to buy is a eight-unit apartment building. Yep. You don't have the down payment for that, <laughs> right? You don't have yeah. the, the credit for that, whatever it yeah. might be. So maybe you rent until you're 25. Mm-hmm. Then you buy a starter home, a two or three bedroom, smaller home, not perfect, not exciting, but good enough. Something that you would rent and somebody else would rent. Mm-hmm. So you have options later on. Okay. So now you keep that for five years. Now you have equity in that home. Plus you've got a good job. You're growing up your career. You got promotions. You're now in your thirties. You can either sell that home, take all that equity, put it down on a down payment on that eight plex or that dream home of yours, that $400,000 home. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where these decisions, these paths diverge. But a lot of people just get hung up and quit because I can't afford that end result. Mm-hmm. It's very discouraging. It's so discouraging. And yeah. that's why when people, when I try to bring people back to reality, I'm like, Hey, you're 25. Maybe we don't buy this 400. We bring you back down to this 250, two-bedroom, 1,200-square-foot house, one-car garage, nothing fancy in town, but it allows you to open up doors and pathways later on, and your chances of quitting reduces so much less. And you're talking a pretty standard, a pretty good path. Here's when it's, I think, even harder and more of an ego blow is you've got a 40-year-old mm-hmm. with three kids mm-hmm. who's been renting their whole life. They're Waiting approved. too long. They don't have that equity. Yeah, they're they're now approved for 250 yeah. They said, I, I have to have a four-bedroom. My kids are now becoming teenagers. Mm-hmm. I can't. They I have can't to have a four-bedroom. Yeah. yeah, and so now they it's like they don't have money for renovations. It's like at 250000 you're not getting a four-bedroom. So you're in no. this really weird place where it's like, hey, listen, do you still, at that point, do you give up? It's like, uh, I'm 40, and I'm in a position I don't want to be at. No, you can still get that what you need. You your option again may not be to buy something. You may not have the ability to live in a two bedroom, two hundred fifty thousand dollar house. Like you got three teenagers, it's probably not going to work. You got to maybe keep the rental, whatever your situation is now. But you do, you can quit while still thinking you're pursuing your goal. Mm-hmm. And the way you can do that is by not actively taking steps forward. If you're spending more than you make, if you're Waiting. if you're not saving up, like if you're not improving your skills so your income's going up so you can uh, raise your approval amount or, or paying off debts, like there's a million things you can do to hit that goal. But just to say the market's too expensive, like these are excuses. And these are ways that you can tell yourself that I'm not quitting 
the world has made it impossible for me. And that's not the case in a lot of situations. Um, that's what is, it's hard on the ego and it's bothersome, but people need to be aware of like, hey, if you want this thing, there is a way to obtain this thing. And maybe it's not going to be six months. I had somebody who's like, my goal is in like seven years to own a house. And I was frank with them. I was like, you could probably shorten that. Like you're a young person. We could probably shorten that quite a bit. But some person, it may be seven years. You may have a buttload of debt that you've built up um, all this time. So being aware of like, hey, this is what we need to get to this point. And I know we're talking about houses. It's the same thing. If in your everyday life, you're not taking those steps, but you're still somehow rationalizing that you mm-hmm. still want that. It's like, no, you you don't want that. You've quit the goal by default almost. And, and I would tell you that I got a little bit of advice for life and going back to real estate and, 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 and where you should be engage yourself as far as quitting goes. Mm-hmm. I think everybody should have a 600 credit score by the time you're 25. That should be your goal. It's not buying a house. It's not being rich and felt like you need to quit forward. Right. So quit falling, you know, quit in some direction that allows you to move forward mm-hmm. in order to focus on getting a 600 credit score by the time you're 25. Mm-hmm. By the age of 30, you should have your first asset, something that is not a liability. So like a car, unless you have a business where the car is making you money, right? Mm-hmm. So learn about the assets and liabilities. But by 30, you should have your first asset, whether it's a house, a business, something that is going to appreciate for you. Mm-hmm. By 35, I truly believe everybody should have their first house. Mm -hmm. Uh, or some sort of a property or something like that. But uh, also, more importantly, the actual rule number three, I think, is be debt-free, and that's liability debt. It's not asset debt. Mm -hmm. If you're buying an asset and it's appreciating at a higher rate than your interest, that is a good uh, acquirement, right? Mm -hmm. So 600 credit score by 25. First asset purchased by 30, by 35, no liability debt. If you can get those three things, you're gonna retire successful, you're gonna be wealthy, you're not gonna be rich, you're not gonna be Jeff Jeff Bezos, Mm -hmm. but you're gonna have a very comfortable life if those three rules, because your credit score is gonna keep improving. If you've taught yourself between the age of 20 and 25 how to to build good credit, Mm -hmm. by the time you're 30 and you buy that first asset, you're gonna have a 700 credit score. By the time you buy that first house at 35, you're gonna have an 800 credit score. Your doors will open as far as what you can lend on, the lower interest rates you're gonna get, the more assets you can purchase, and it's a tumbling snowball effect. Yep. Right. What I notice is people who don't kind of, and these aren't hard rules. These aren't things that people focus on, but these are where you can tell somebody's doing the right things and the wrong things. Mm -hmm. And the people that don't meet these gates, those are the ones that later on in life are stuck. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I'm not saying you have to buy your first house at 30. I'm not saying you have to own anything by 35. I'm just saying like, follow those general guidelines and you'll see how much easier life is, how much more successful you can get and then you can multiply those effects. Yeah, the, the idea of uh, home ownership is mm-hmm. easy. Wealth building, is everything's easy mm-hmm. um, in concept. In concept. It's the issue is life because here, here, and I've said it a hundred times, you make as much money as you can, you spend as little as you can and you invest the difference. Like mm-hmm. that's those the three things you have to do to become wealthy. Right. But it's really freaking hard to do and I'm not saying that I've uh, been perfect at it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've not even been close to perfect at it. I've spent a lot of stupid money. I've moved we a ton, have. which is snow machine last year and I've ridden it twice. Yeah, yeah. Not even two days. I'm talking yeah. like it started twice. In a exactly. Year. So it's easy to say like if we're living in pods and we got our food intravenously and it's like, okay, yep, we're just existing. existing. Yeah. And money's funneling in and we're hardly spending any, but nobody lives That's that way. That's the thing I'm struggling with right now. Like I can work, 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 and I can work 120 hours a week and I can be the best realtor in the world, but I don't have a life then. And that's honestly what it was like in 2021. I was that guy. I was waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning answering emails. I was coming home at 7.30 at night writing offers. Mm -hmm. I mean, my wife saw me 
maybe 30 minutes before bed. Yeah. If she came by my office for lunch, you mm-hmm. know, like that's what my life was in 2021. And I had to change that. I had to, I had to actually dial it back a lot in order to have that work-life balance. And in an essence, in some way, I quit a little bit in 2021. I quit trying to be the number one guy. Mm-hmm. I, tr- I quit. He does it by accident now. I quit trying by all means, like life or death, to be the number one guy. Yeah. I, I quit really trying to compare myself against others. And I, I really, in 20, half, I'd say fall of 2021, realized, like, I'm going to focus more on my clients and my quality of service and and the relationships that I'm building. Yeah. And then good things are just going to come to me. And, and I think that's really what's happened. And so I did quit in a way yeah. then, and it was a positive quitting. And that's what you got to look at is, you know, everybody thinks quitting is, and like we hit on earlier, depression, no way out. Look at every negative as a potential growth in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, if you have cancer, let's just go to the worst possible situation. You have cancer. That is a opportunity for you to quit being a nasty, dirty person who eats nasty, dirty food. Yeah. Clean up your diet. Get healthy. Um, I had a friend who, God bless him, in the military, he got old, lost a leg. Mm-hmm. And and I, th- I broke my heart for him. He's an mm-hmm. avid hunter. He's an outdoorsman. And he can't do anything he loves anymore. Yeah. He got that prosthetic leg, and he's doing more now than I do at 35, and he's 58 yeah, we with a thick leg. I mean, yeah. he is. He lost a leg because of diabetes. Overweight is just... I love him, but he's, he got disgusting. Yeah. And now he is healthier than me at 58 than I am at 34. Yep. He and quit forward. To be clear on the cancer stuff, like that is, I've gone around and around. There's uh, ways that you can definitely improve. Uh, but there's also people, like I had, just as a, an aside here, um, a lady who I knew very well, like just a bright, like vibrant woman. She mm-hmm. was probably 60, not mm-hmm. super old. Um, didn't know she had cancer. She got a test done, stage four. Three months later, was dead. Yeah. I was like, you know, so I just want to. Yeah, there is like, a negative part. You just, yeah, you're not. I'm, you're I'm not, talking. So, so just put no, this in yeah. effort. My <laughs> mother, my mother got breast cancer a year and a half ago. Yeah, and um, she's another one, diabetic, overweight. Um, my, love my mom to death. She's taught me how to save money, and and she's always been a hardworking person who, who instilled a work ethic in me. Yeah. Um, but I've seen a new life in her since she and she goes stage two, and she defeated it, and she's good. healthy now. She got good. the radiation, had the biopsy, and everything, and we're good. And it's been about uh, six months now where she's been completely clear of all cancer yeah but um her quality of life this is what motivates me like she thought she was going to die from cancer a year and a half ago and Mm -hmm. now she is uh, i mean she has a better social life than me yeah she's a she's a uh, first generation immigrant i mean she is from germany she moved in uh, over here when she married my dad they obviously didn't work out uh, but you know stayed she became american citizen four years ago um by herself the correct way Mm -hmm. um she's worked up she's been a single mom since i was 11 years old she's paid for everything i mean my dad did provide child support shout out to my dad he took great care of us too but um you know my mom was on her own Mm -hmm. She is still in America by herself when her entire family is in Germany. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, uh, the the way she has had to quit forward, quit being with her family, quit her job, her friendships in Germany to come to America, um, you know, quit her marriage. Like, if you look at it that way, um, quit quit living the life she had when she did get diagnosed with this cancer. Like, she has overcome so much. And, and, like, that's my inspiration. That's what I yeah. meant by that comment. You're right. Thanks for, you know, no, we're and not down talking about that. I know how you are. Yeah. I know how you feel about it. So I just want to be yeah. very clear that you're not saying that, hey, 
most get things, off your ass. Well, no, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not that guy. Yeah, most I'm things not in David life, Goggins. most things in life are your fault. Um, cancer is one of those where I've gone back. Cancer and is the government's fault. I'll <laughs> yeah. put that out there right now. They're poisoning <laughs> yeah. us every day. Your Something. food and water is not safe. Yeah, and there's uh, obviously ways to improve it. So if you're like you're saying, if you're a big sloppy, you know, and doing all these things, which is wrong, fine if you want that. I'm not I'm not fat shaming anybody because there yeah. some people get more joy out of food and it's a bit gluttonous. But it's it if it brings you pleasure and that's who you want to be, live your life that way. Yeah. But you yeah, know you are me. cutting it short, and that's your decision. Um, and, yeah. and that's what we're just saying. Be happy and, and stand by your decisions. And, and what yeah. we're trying to focus on here is the positive quitting again. So, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so if if you don't like being fat, yeah, quit doing that. If yep. you don't like being unhealthy, quit doing that. You don't like being broke, quit doing that. Those are the kind of quitting that we support. That yeah, I would love if I could somehow find a way to mentor people and just give it to them straight. Like quitting forward. Uh, I don't know if it was Michael Jordan or Will Smith, one of the two. But um, they definitely uh, were talking about quitting forward and how it's a positive aspect. Now that I think about it, it's probably Will Smith because he's more of a failure than Michael Jordan, if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I used to really like Has Michael Smith. Jordan failed anything? Like <laughs> I know. Yeah, can't oh, even, people didn't like he got baseball. kicked out of a golf course once. And you know what he did? He turned around, spent $100 million, and built his own golf course, which oh, only right. has 100 members in it. Yeah. And he's hey. making a profit on it. <laughs> God, if we only yeah. could do that, right? And, and I don't know like the ins and outs, but he went to baseball, and everyone said he was a failure there. But didn't he make it? Wasn't he a pro baseball player? He was. For the uh, Chicago is, White Sox, so I, yeah. I feel like most people are not going pro. Like so, the fact that he, you know, maybe he wasn't I mean, the, him and Bo Jackson are like two of like five athletes that I know that were multi-sport professional athletes growing up. Quick side story: my yeah. goal growing up, I never wanted to be like amazing at anything. I didn't want to be Tom Brady or Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the first person to be a professional athlete in three or more sports. Oh, I yeah. just wanted to play one year of professional <laughs> hockey, one year of professional baseball, one year of professional football. Maybe go into a UFC cage fight in the yeah. like and retire after four years. Like for some reason that was that was my ego. It's just like I just want to be professional grade, top ten percent in the world, yeah, or top one percent, I guess. Yeah, for every sport, and then just quit. You know, I looked for it's kind of reminded me of this story. I was like, how can I? I really wanted to get into the Olympics. Yeah, I was like, what's the easiest way to get into the Olympics? Well, not even easier than that. Which uh, probably for me, speed walking. No, even easier than that is the guys who row the boats. Um, I think rowing is a hard ass. No, listen, hard. Oh, coxman. Yes. Yes. He just called on the beat. Great cox. However, however, back in your former weight though, you have to be very small. Yeah. Well, they you want it's jockey size. So I've always not always, but in my adult life, I've always been little people shame now. Well, they're called jockeys. They are. They're (laughs) tiny. And they're and they're small. So yeah, they're you. You've got to be short, and you got to be like 100 pounds or probably less. Smallest human possible with a loud booming voice. Yeah, that's that's (gasps) they're looking for. (gasps) Or whatever number. I thought, man. They do I'm just a, a little too tall. Oh, is that what or it is? A megaphone it or seems kind of silly. You think you could just get earbuds now, and maybe they do. Or I, have, a, I don't or keep a up conog- with it. Chronograph? No, uh, metronome. Metronome. Chronographs. Yeah, <laughs> that's, not even that's, close. that's for bullets. You know, how fast <laughs> they go. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, God. quitting is. The, I know uh, this, what I'm talking about we've really spiraled out here, but there is a good reason to be driven to your goals at all costs. Yeah, you know, and pick appropriate goals. We're not going to talk about all that. And there is good ways to, to quit. Like you have to quit in some things to reach other goals. Right. You have to quit going out to eat so much if right. you want to save money to get a house. That's you what know? I tell my daughter. She's <clears throat> 20 years old right now. And she is just focused about, I need to figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I keep telling her stories. I've told today on this podcast. And hopefully she listens to this. But, know. you know, you, you're not at 20 years old making the decision that you're going to die at, a, at, at 80. God, her age, probably 120 because medical advancements. Yeah. So, so at 20 years old, you're not making a decision for the rest of your life you're making the first decision of the rest of your life Mm -hmm. you know and 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 
if all the kids and anybody who's struggling with this, because it is a contagion in the new age of, of our youth, just take the first step. Yeah. Oh, in ranger school, the, the thing that kept me going is putting one foot in front of the other. And I was, I told myself, you know, I'm going to get to the base tonight and then I'll think about quitting. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm just going to go to sleep. And when I wake up, I'm going to think about quitting. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes later, I woke up and I said, you know, I'm going to make it till breakfast and then I'm going to quit. And I just kept going like that. And four that's, months later, funny enough, they pinned a tab on me. And that's what life is. At 20 years old, just go to one more class. Do yeah. one more homework assignment. Pay one more month's of rent. Then you can quit. And then make another goal, another goal. And eventually, if you continue doing that, you're going you're gonna to have a great life. That's a, um, a torture coping method as well. So they, they know that just when you... Just get to the next finger now. Well, just yeah. get to the next two. You, they Let's know you, you can't keep everything in. So that what they tell you to do is like pick little bits of information and decide four hours through this or whatever. I'm sure they're more specific. I'm going to last four more hours and I'm going to give this bit of information. And it gives you that impetus because they know like if you just try to hold out completely, you know, you're just going to bust it all. So and it's the same, which is funny, ranger school. They're basically torturing you. But, That's your school. That's another story. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so pulling uh, fingernails out. So, yeah. But any if you're a young person, going off of that, the number one thing you can do that is it's like it's like being generally strong is going to help you in your physical aspects. Yeah. Being physically fit is the number one thing you can do because it leaves you. And this is I am uh, I can attest to this. I've never been like a wealthy person, but I've always kept low debt and I've always had good amount of cash for someone my age. Again, right. I'm not like rich person, but. Um, I was able to like all the moves I've made. Um, these were choices that I made that I thought were going to improve my life. In some cases, in some cases they did not. But I was able to do it. I was able to move cross country multiple times. I was able to buy my first house. All these things because I didn't have uh, eight thousand dollars of card and loans and this and that hanging over me every month or whatever it is. These huge payments. So if you can remain lean in these times when you're trying to figure out where you're going for the rest of your life, which doesn't really ever happen, but while you're thinking you still can do that, if you remain lean, you remain. Uh, available and free to pivot really quickly. Yes. Um, so that's that's my biggest. If I've done anything good in my life, that's one thing I've done. <laughs> yeah. And I just had a discussion with my girlfriend, my girlfriend's daughter's friend, yeah. who um, was thinking about you know she's she's working, uh, struggling from car debt, college debt, tuition debt, all this stuff, and she wants to move back in with her parents. Basically, take a step backwards, just just reset, go back. And we talked, and I said, hey, that is a great way to fail forward if you need that extra cushion. Mm-hmm. But then we looked at other situations, other things that she can do. Mm-hmm. Why don't you sell your car that is costing a thousand dollars a month? Why don't you get another roommate to reduce your your rental overhead? Why mm-hmm. don't you do both of those? Why don't you quit working and just focus on school and graduate early? Mm-hmm. Why don't you quit school for a semester and just work every single job, every single shift, get a gig, do Uber Eats and all that other stuff and pay off all your debt and then go back to school? Like we literally lined out like eight different avenues for her to go and 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 stepping backwards was the only one that was actually a move backwards. The rest of them were all forward moving, quitting, mm-hmm. quitting something in order to get more time or money for something else. Yeah. And so when she heard all those options, the problem isn't that people are just making bad decisions. People don't always have the ability to see all of the options in front of them. Oh, my, And so, yeah. so talk to somebody, find somebody you trust, somebody you admire. And I think I've covered this in a past podcast, but um, you're the average of the seven people around you. Mm-hmm. Right. So you find the seven people that you interact with the most, your mom, your dad, your best friend, your teacher and whatever people you see the most. And you are an amalgamation of those seven. So if you are in a bad situation in life, look at who you surround yourself with. If it's seven buddies of yours who's all broke, addicted to drugs, having health and mental health issues, 
you might want to go out and find some better people to be around, mm -hmm. right? Somebody and find a mentor. Um, I love being a mentor. I, I've had mentors my entire life. I'm still in search of mentors in certain industries I'm trying to get into. Mm -hmm. Find somebody better than you. Be hu uh, human and, and um, humble about it and say, hey, I would like your help. What can I do to receive some help from you? And I'm not saying ask somebody for money. Advice is the best help that someone can give you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I found a mentor at 10th grade in high school, gave me the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. I know we talked about that at least four different episodes. Oh, yeah. Put me where I am here today. And yeah. I see myself as fairly successful in life. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and Matt is still the guy who I attribute a lot of that to. Yep. Matthew Thompson. Yep. It's absolutely getting different perspectives. I, um, again, I would keep talking about my brother, but we talk a lot. And cause a lot of times either one of us, not just him or me get stuck in a very binary mindset. And it's easy to do. It's like, this I'm going to do, do this or that. Yes and then or he'll no. say, or I'll say like, Succeed why didn't you just do this? And he's like, I didn't think about that. Or I'll say, Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And you've got, you always have a multitude of options, which can be overwhelming, but um, you don't have to be stuck with just moving with my parents or continuing life as it is when I'm, I'm very uncomfortable, unhappy or whatever it is. It's like, well, yeah, like you're saying, you know, pull back on these things and push forward on other uh, items of your life. But yeah, quitting is a weird one. It's an emotionally driven thing. Even if you think you're making the right decision, you will doubt yourself a lot of times. Right. So it's it's one of those things that you'll look back with uh, hindsight 2020 and know like maybe I shouldn't have done that or maybe I should have quit faster. But having, like you're saying, mentors and people around you that you trust. Uh, External evaluators. Yeah. If again, if you are surrounded by a bunch of cruddy people, like you just explained, they're idea of what is good and what is bad is so skewed that you're it's not great like getting like oh you're doing the right thing you're quitting this job and you're playing video games all day it's like yeah that's what we do we want you to be doing what we're doing kind of thing like that's can it's i silly. use you as an example do you mind if i throw some private stuff out there uh, i don't know what it is <laughs> some private don't get too yeah here we go <laughs> i blake came and, and we teamed up about a year and a half ago yeah. Okay. So about a year, um, yeah. about a year ago, yeah. yeah. And so um, when we sat down, he asked, he was human, you know, human, and came to me and said, "Hey, I got a humble question for you. Yeah. What could I do to do more business?" Yeah. And I told him the first thing I need you to quit is showing houses without doing a buyer's consultation, without having oh, that yeah. establishment of I am me and you are you, and this is our roles and responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I want you to kind of give me your side of this at the end. But, oh yeah. But I was looking at Blake, and Blake was hungry. Blake would 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 show houses, make calls. I mean you were doing everything right mm -hmm. except for maybe this one thing yeah and so what i told you to do is hey before you go meet a client at a property before you go show a house before you start going down this road bring them in sit down with them just like we are right now face to face man to man man to woman whatever yeah and um and and look them in the eyes and have that value setting meeting right mm -hmm. so you're saying this is my value i'm your realtor i'm knowledgeable in this this is what we're going to do the mm -hmm. buyer is bringing you a plan this is what I need. This is what I want. This is when I need it by. And you guys are working through that, building a rapport, building trust, and then go. Yeah. And do the same thing you were doing. Yeah. The only difference we did from everything you did was at a one-hour meeting mm -hmm. before the rest of it went down the line. Yep. And I think that was the – that's when I saw you really come to light. Like, mm -hmm. deals were going smoother. Uh, people were, were were talking about you more. It just that was a, a, a catalyst in in your career, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's a really good example of. I never did I do so buyer consults are like a pretty normal thing. Yeah. Um, a lot of people do them. So some you quit don't. not doing buyer consults. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I was I, I was very purposeful on not doing them, and mm -hmm. it's so I never thought to myself I should be doing. I'm not that kind of guy. Who's like I should be doing this thing, and I just don't do it. Like right. if I think I should be doing it, I'm going to implement it as quickly right. as I can. And maybe not tomorrow, but it could be a week or whatever. So 
I think I what I did then is um, ego was taken low <laughs> at that point because I had I moved here. You're brand new I, in this market. Yeah, I had a year in. I actually was like, everything was picking up great. And then winter came. And as everybody knows, in the winter, like my stuff died. I didn't expect that, which I should have. But I was moving from a market where winters, we didn't even get snow. Right. So things didn't really slow down as much there. So yeah, I was like, everything's going good. Everything's going good. Winter came. I got dead. I was like, oh my God. Like, And this is when all this doubt came in. And that was one of my points when I was I was like legitimately looking at other jobs, which seems crazy to talk about now. But anyway, so it was a low point. Ego is nice and low. Um, Nick, you know, says, why don't you just do this and try it? And which is a, an obvious thing is like, why not just try? What's the worst that can happen? Because my, again, my rationalization was, listen, I don't ever want to contractually obligate someone to work with me where if they don't want to work with me, I'm waving a piece of paper in front of their face saying, you've got to, you sign this. And that's not what this is about. No. And that's the thing is we it's even have... setting, uh, establishing value and, and, and exactly. mutual interest. And that's what I was missing. That Either was I was like, like some, like trying to protect myself missing it or whatever it was where, yeah, now I changed this thing. Yeah. It freed up a bunch of my time. Did it make my business? Uh, it really did. It changed my business in a huge way. Um, because I had more time to pursue other things. Mm -hmm. So you never, I can't really measure like exponentially how much it's going to impact going forward. But that is what, this is a very good example of something I was doing on purpose because I wanted to be a good service to my customers. But in reality, it was providing a worse service to my customers because I wanted to be the guy who answered the phone. Yeah, let's get out to a property. I'm giving you the best personal service, but you're not giving them the best experience or education, I would say. Well, so you weren't bad. You weren't doing anything wrong. No, but, but, no. But, but what you found was a, uh, you, by quitting the speed, mm -hmm. you improved the quality. Well, what happened is after, it may have been the first one. Within the first three, um, one of the clients said, thank you for doing this. This is so much helpful. No other agent I've talked to has told me this. So I'm giving them value, just like you're saying, where again, before I was seeing it as a hindrance to the client, uh, the client, excuse me, where they would think, oh, I've got to do this 30 minute consult with them before I can go see the house, which is what I want. And what it is akin to is giving kids candy just because they want candy instead of saying, hey, well, you're going to be happier if you, you know, I'll give you a little bit of candy. Wait until dinner. Yeah, yeah. We're going to eat some dinner and then you're going to have candy. So it is, and again, this is like, we're blowing this maybe out of proportion I don't think so at all. I think we're right on it. Okay, good. So, but there's things like this in your life where you're purposely doing something that you think is a positive thing for your business. Because I've always, I've, I've on and off strived to be the number one agent, um, but I've always strived to be the best agent. Right. So when someone uses me, because I if love you're that delineation too. Yeah. So when you, yeah, because the best does not mean the top sales. Right. You were very, very good. Um, you were at the top echelon. You do <laughs> sell a lot. I've worked in a previous market that I was telling you, the top salesman for like 15 years, total scumbag. He right. was not a good agent, but pe he had whatever. People used him. They shouldn't. But anyways, um, so there is a big separation in that where you can be a, a very, very good at something. And so seeing that improvement, that's when, so now if I was to go back to not doing buyer consults and every now and again, one sneaks through or whatever, even still, and it's not very common, um, one out of a hundred where I like the situations where to end up not doing a buyer consult. That's when I know in my, I'm like, that wasn't right. You know, cause before I was later on, because you got that question <laughs> three months into it where I'm like, I already, no, I we already cover covered that. that. Exactly. Cover that. Yeah. So it's, it's a big thing in any part of your life where it's like, Hey, you may be even purposely doing something that you think is making you the best, whatever, um, is making you a better, whatever. Um, but you can always take opinions from other people and being humble about it. And Nick, uh, Nick does sell more than me. Um, but even if Nick didn't sell more than me, I would take it probably more with a grain of salt, to be honest. But it's always good to the have. The goal is to have everybody else sell me. 
yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, especially on the team that's here. Retirement. Like, yeah, obviously. So it, it's a it's a good thing to shoot for. That's kind of the progression of realtors. If you're ever curious, is basically you're working to a point where you don't sell anymore, which is kind of funny. But um, yeah, so I think we've gone on long enough about that. I think so too. So uh, in essence, today I wanted to talk about quitting. Uh, quitting is a good thing if you do it correctly. Quitting can be a detrimental thing if done the wrong way. It's all about your mindset. It's all about mm-hmm. overcoming and becoming better, striving, and 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 to summarize some more, like don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to take help, and don't be reliant on help. Mm-hmm. Does that make? I think that's a good summary of everything. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you guys for tuning in. This was another podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Thank uh. you. Yeah. Uh. Yeah.